Good morning and welcome to our Sycamore Township workshop meeting for June 2nd, 2020. The time is 9.02. And once again, this morning we're following House Bill 197 because of the COVID-19 pandemic that allows local government the opportunity to conduct meetings remotely and to carry out business while complying with the stay at home and social distancing recommendations. I will note that the protocol for our June 4th uh, Thursday night meeting will be discussed uh, uh, in the administration's uh, part of the program when the administrator makes remarks. We're going to move it to our administration building on Thursday night. At this time, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. James, Mr. Weedman, Mr. Porter, Law Director Deepak Desai. Gentlemen, uh, do you give your authorization for your name to be signed electronically? Yeah, I do. Okay, and I will also give my approval. And I want to make a motion now to approve the May 19th, 2020 workshop meeting minutes. Do we have a second? Uh, any discussion? Mr. Porter, are you satisfied with the meeting minutes? I am. Okay. Would you call the vote? Um, Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Assistant Chief Jerry Cooper, been sitting for our chief today uh, with the fire and EMS report. Um, yeah, everybody, I just have a few things. Um, our COVID um, update, as of this morning, we have, we currently have 24 cases um, that are active. We have 16 that have been expired, um, which is a total of 40. That's the information we get. Uh, via Hamlin County Communication Center, which um, they get notified from the health department. Um, so we just try to keep track of that. Um, that's about all I have on that. Um, we're still operating under some restrictions. Um, some things internally we're going to loosen up a little bit. Um, back in May, we the date on some of that is July 1st, um, trying to have a goal of getting back to some normalcy, which um, which we're still going to follow a lot of the uh, the safety protocols. Um, however, I think we're going to try to initiate back into some of the public um, services and all that. So, so we'll keep you updated as that goes. Um, and one more thing tomorrow, I just got an email this morning. I will be going over to the EMA and picking up our respirators. Hamilton County supplying us with respirators with the cartridges. Um, so I'm going to pick those up tomorrow so we can get our person to uh, make sure they have the, the right size and uh, get moving on with that. So uh, that's about all I have today. Thanks, Chief. Uh, any uh, any discussion, any comments for the Chief? Question. I'm, I'm just curious. Has the county given you any demographic information about the people who uh, have COVID right now? Are they primarily in nursing homes or elderly, for example, or do you know any of that? Or the um, we get an address and a name and a date that, that they sent it. So, um, that's all we have. Okay. Which obviously if it's at a, a nursing home, you know, we're going to be able to, to pick that out by address. Yeah. Do we know whether we've had any deaths in the township from it rather than infections? Uh, I do not know that. Let's hope not. I hope not. Most of our patients that we've we've taken in that we get a report from a couple hospitals, um, 
on a regular basis. Um, honestly, from, from one of the area hospitals, all the reports we got back, everybody was negative. Um, so that's a good sign. Thanks a lot, Cooper. Appreciate your work, guys. Passing on to all the guys. All right, with our roads, maintenance, and recreation items, uh, fresh from vacation, Superintendent Tracy Kellams. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, the first thing I have is a couple proposals for asbestos abatement, uh, both from 4316 Sycamore Road and 8622 Plainfield Road. As you can see, uh, both of these have... Uh, some asbestos in them, not much. Uh, 86, 24 did not have any. These are all houses that are uh, adjacent to Bechtel Park. Uh, two of them on Plainfield Road right next to the entrance and one on Sycamore Road right next to the entrance. Uh, so we have an, an amount for uh, 86, 22 and 2,048 dollars and an amount of 43, 16 Sycamore Road of 2,632 dollars. So uh, I'd like to, to get that moving. So I, I have a resolution for your consideration for those. So it's a resolution authorizing a contract for asbestos abatement in buildings to be demolished on township-owned properties located at 4316 Sycamore Road and 8622 Plainfield Road, dispensing with the second reading, declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Okay, next is uh, I have separate resolutions for the demolition of each one of those buildings. Uh, we got bids from four different contractors. Ford Development came in as the lowest uh, with the uh, 17,000 per house, but if they did them all because they're all right down Plainfield Road, they would deduct a thousand dollars per uh, parcel uh, for a three thousand dollar deduction. So, first resolution is a resolution authorizing contract for the demolition of a building on township owned property located at 4316 Sycamore Road, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion second. Any discussion? Uh, now, Trace, you're going to take that discount then of $3,000 for the three, right? Yes. That's the idea? Yes. Okay. And 4316, if you remember, that was the one we got on Sheriff's Auction. Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. The resolution authorizing a contract for the demolition of a building on township owned property located at 8622 Plainfield Road, dispensing with a second reading, declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Any discussion? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. And lastly, a resolution authorizing a contract for the demolition of a building on township-owned property located at 8624 Plainfield Road, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Discussion? Mr. Porter. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? 
Aye. Okay, so that's about all I have for the road. So going in the parks, uh, we opened the uh, ball fields. Uh, first day of play was yesterday. Uh, those uh, are filling up quickly. They've, they've been chomping at the bit. In fact, they were out there practicing before we ever said they could, you know, on their own. But do have a question about some rentals. You know, uh, don't exactly know where we stand. Read the uh, director's order that came out and really does not address shelter rentals, community room rentals. Uh, really don't know where we stand on that as far as renting. You know, we still aren't renting the shelters, obviously. We still have signs up. You know, our restrooms are open. We're cleaning those daily. Uh, we also have a resident who called yesterday who would like to rent a shelter in Bechtold for June 25th for a wedding. I know uh, Governor DeWine has said weddings are okay, but uh, supposedly if there's no dancing at them or something, I don't exactly know what that order was. But Is there a restriction? That, is there a restriction? How, how many people can attend that, Tracy, the wedding? I 300. Is it 300 now? Okay. Yeah, so if they're going to have it in the shelter in Bechtel Park, I seriously doubt they're going to have 300 people yeah, there. Yeah. So just uh, looking for some direction, what you want to do about shelter rentals and the community room rental. You know, we had originally uh, canceled everything through the end of June. Uh, so didn't know, you know, with the ever-changing events, which almost seems daily anymore, if you wanted to change that or if you just want to stick with where we're at right now. Mr. Warwick, do you want to weigh in on this? Well, I I attempted, I read the uh, new order from uh, the health director of the state, and I, I can't understand it. Uh, it would it would seem in one reading, you know, that we, we'd still be under restriction and not be able to open the shelters and the, and the rooms, but it's very confusing. And as Tracy said, this is changing every day. Uh, I know we have people who want to rent the shelters. They're, those are outside. Um, so I, I wouldn't know how to, <laughs> how to interpret her. Yeah, I, you know, Ray, I read the same thing. Uh, and it's not really clear exactly uh, um, whether we can or we can't. But I, I think the sh I'm, with, I'm with Ray. I think the shelters are uh, outside, and I think I don't know that there's any harm caused by uh, by renting those shelters. I mean, the only other thing I think we need to think about is Shuler, whether or not we decide we want to rent, open up Shuler yet or not. I, I would yeah. say we hold up on Shuler till uh, give it another <laughs> month. And uh, I agree with you guys on the uh, outside with the uh, Bechtold Park and the shelters. Yeah, and, and I would agree with that too. The, the order is unclear. I'm not certain it actually permits that as all. And, and uh, if, if it's ambiguous, I guess we can err on the side of opening perhaps, but really the final authority on that is in the county is the county health department and Hamilton County Public Health. And Greg Testerman is authorized to deliver interpretations as to what's permitted and what's not in our county. So maybe it would make sense for Mr. Warg to reach out to him after this meeting and see if we can get an opinion on that. And
and assuming the opinion is yes, go ahead with the outdoor shelter rentals, let's do it. I believe, I believe the opinion will be no, but I'm happy to do that. People are going in the shelters on a, on a non-reserved basis right now, um, but I'm happy to reach out to, to Greg. Deepak, do you have any thoughts about that? Well, I agree with what everybody said. Um, a, the order's ambiguous. B, things change daily. And C, as you stated, you know, the uh, ultimate authority is the Hamilton County Health Department. Um, I would be okay with the township taking its own interpretation, but uh, if the trustees want to be prudent and reach out to the health department, uh, there's obviously no problem with doing that. Well, if you don't see significant legal risk in us interpreting it ourselves based on the wording of it, I'm good with that right now. Yeah, and I think the fact that it's outside is is the key. Um, I think the larger concern as I read those those items are indoor gatherings of more I'm going to say more than 10 people, but, you know, large gatherings inside. You want to, guys, you want to just go ahead and say, okay, let's go. And Ray, you don't have to call him and we'll just interpret it ourselves and open up the shelters. Tom, Tom, are you? Okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I guess my only other concern was, does the 10 person limit still apply if it's not a wedding? And should we, we note that in our rental that we, uh, recognize people need to comply with that if it's still effective even outdoors may or may not be it's ambiguous and uh yeah. looking around the world to, at least in the last week no one's paying attention to that yeah i guess if someone serves food they can call it an outdoor restaurant gathering and then it's probably okay <laughs> they're they're opening pools so yeah you know. How, how do you differentiate the difference? You know, playgrounds are still closed, but you can open pools. You can, you know, you can play baseball, but you can't, uh, you know. Can't sit, yeah. the, I mean, can't sit in the dugout. They've got to be, uh, they have to have the social distancing. So the bleachers, if there's bleachers, they'll be sitting there. And, and don't mistake my caution for suggesting we should keep things closed. I want to open it up as much as we can. I just want to make sure we're not specifically violating the law in some way. And if it's ambiguous here, let's open up whatever we can and get things moving. I wish we could open the playgrounds, too. I know we're getting a lot of pushback about that from certain citizens. And uh, it would seem to make sense to open them. But they are specifically forbidden from opening still unfortunately, and that's in effect until July 1st, unless it's rescinded sooner or somebody goes and gets a court order against the state about it. So that we're stuck with, but sure, well, shelters, I'm fine. Mr. James, what do you want to do then? Do you want to wait and have Ray call? I'm, I'm, or I'm fine to open rentals and let's just suggest people, you know, be cautious and use common sense in doing it as to the outdoor shelters. Huh. Do we need to vote on that. I don't think we need a vote, but I'll, yeah. I'll yield a deep on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, we're quite, still under the emergency resolution, so I can just decide. Yeah, and, and I would think that that's normally an administrative matter anyway. Okay, we move on. Now we have, uh, we still have the playgrounds closed, though. I do not believe playgrounds are allowed to open yet. From no. what I've read. that that was explicit. Yes. Yeah. 
They're very good. Anything else, Trace? Hey, actually, what, one other question about that, because the, obviously they are ordered to be closed. Does anything in the order require us to put up yellow tape or anything like that to restrict access, on the other hand? We, Not we, that I know we, of. We have fencing around our playgrounds. Uh, if we've already deployed it, it's hard to take it down without conveying that it's open then, I guess. <clears throat> yes. Uh, I'll agree to that. So if we're opening uh, the, the uh, shelters, I'm assuming that we're okay for this June 25th wedding. I'm fine with that. I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I agree. Very good. Tracy, you will, of course, let them know they still have to comply with the other mandates of the order, right? Yes, I will. Okay. Uh, Deepak? Yes, sir. Where are we at on um, uh, where are we at on liability? I think there's something written into the state law that we, you know, if somebody gets COVID-19 at one of these events that we're not liable, is that correct? Yeah, I think there's a blanket um, uh, immunity so to speak, but let me take a look at that, Tom, and I'll, I'll get an email out. Okay, Trace, you all done? I, well, the only other thing I have is that we did okay the asbestos abatement for the 6330 Kugla Mill, so that has been scheduled. He's supposed to get back to me today or tomorrow with the date of exactly when he's going to do that. I thought he would have gotten back to me before now. So I, I emailed him this morning. He said he'd get right back to me. As soon as that's done, we will move ahead with that demolition. Thanks, Trace. Wait, wait. I, I did have a question about something too. Just back to the uh, properties around the park. I'm, I'm just curious. What is the plan for those sites after the buildings are removed? For them? Is there a master plan for the park to be expanded into them, or will it be parking on them, or what? No, it, it will just be, the park will just be extended into them. The fencing will be taken down in between them. Uh, the yards are cleaned up, uh, just like we did uh, on the, the rest of them that we've taken down, just to enlarge the park. Uh, we do not have a master plan yet. You know, originally we had talked about a master plan, but that included also getting Brookside and all the houses. We still have one house left. So uh, as of right now, it's just extension of the park. Okay, I would think our parks committee then can look at that as they start to move ahead as things open back up here as to yeah. current uses for yep. it. Please. Yeah, right now it's just going to be green space. Okay. Our Sycamore Township Planning and Zoning Administrator is Skylar Miller. Mr. Miller. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, okay, first on my list is uh, a master plan for the Montgomery Road uh, properties, the township owned properties. Uh, just around the corner of uh, Kenwood and Montgomery Road. Uh, Mr. Work and I have been working on this uh, for, for several months now, um, uh, essentially trying to, uh, to navigate a, uh, the, the, the best planned process forward uh, for the disposition of these, of these properties. Um, we have reached out to uh, three reputable firms, planning firms, uh, to provide us with some uh, upfront due diligence, uh, market analysis, site studies. Uh, and then um, we would like to retain their services to, uh, uh, to provide us with a, a, a public participation process 
of uh, three focus groups where we would uh, get comments from uh, different different types of stakeholders, uh, and then have a, uh, uh, a culmination of that process of sorts with a, a charrette, which is like a um, an on-site planning process, uh, essentially kind of this round table brainstorming session. Uh, after that, the uh, the consultant will actually put all of the uh, all that information together and provide the township with a, uh, a master due diligence report and, and conceptual plan for uh, for those properties. Um, we can use that information uh, to determine what the what the highest and best use or most appropriate use of that site will be. Uh, and uh, when we are ready, we can put out an RFQ. Uh, uh, in order to work with a developer to, to you know, kind of bring that vision to, to fruition. Skyler? So, yes, sir. Yeah, uh, so how are we incorporating um, um, access management into that, uh, into those studies? Uh, we already have some information uh, uh, on that, and that is, that's one consideration that we would have the, uh, uh, the planning firm uh, uh, go over it would be incorporated from the very beginning okay thank you so i guess uh at, at this point in time uh after after reviewing all of the proposals uh my recommendation is to move forward with um with stewart land use uh it's actually uh stewart land use in partnership with Kleingers, uh who is an engineering and planning firm in the area and they would also be bringing on uh, market metrics for the uh, for the market analysis to determine um, the you know essentially what what the market's appetite is in this area, um, what what our saturation points are for different types of uses, uh, and and try and project what the future needs would be. So we're trying to come at this as, as comprehensively as possible. Um, you know, in order to in, in order to have a you know, kind of an unbiased uh, a, a determination of what the what the most appropriate use on that site would be, or what what mix of uses would be appropriate on that site. So uh, I guess today what I'm asking for is uh, is a motion to uh, prepare a resolution for Thursday night's meeting uh, to um, uh, to enter into that agreement with uh, with Stuart Lane. How much? Hey, uh, yeah. Got a, one question. How much money is this? What are we looking at? Which one do we do we take? Do we, uh, do you this like? actually it, it happens to be the, uh, the the lowest bid. We had one come in, I believe. Let's see here. I switched computers, so I lost my notes on this. Ray, was this was this twenty one or twenty five thousand? It's twenty five. We had one at seventy five, one at fifty, and Stewart's at twenty five. Yeah, they all had similar credentials, and they all followed the basic process with just minor differences. Yep. And so, uh, Skyler checked them all out, and uh, uh, I was pointing to the middle quote, but. Um, he convinced me that there's there's no way to justify an extra twenty five thousand dollars that Stewart can handle it just fine. I'll make a motion that we uh, prepare a resolution for Thursday night to enter into an agreement with Stewart Land Use. I'll second that. 
any discussion? Just that I, I think this is a wonderful idea to develop our vision for what's going to happen at that place, which we spent over $10 million assembling properties at for, for access management, I understand, and other reasons perhaps, but uh, we've unified that site into one giant parcel essentially. So it's the premier spot in the county, frankly, for development and we should have something nice there. This is a process similar to what Montgomery went through for their Montgomery Porter area, I understand. And uh, some of their officials had recommended we consider this for here. And I think that was a good idea. So this will involve uh, resident input as well, business owner input, and all the stakeholders here uh, in this process. I think it's a great thing. Sir. I agree. And um, Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. All right. Next item on the agenda is uh, appointment of uh, of uh, members for our Board of Zoning Appeals. Uh, we had the resignation of Julie Glasmeyer in um, in February, uh, and Tom uh, Tom Sheavey has uh, recently tendered his resignation. So, with those two vacancies. Uh, I'd like to move forward with, with some appointments. Uh, in March, with our uh, with our newsletter, we um, we did advertise the vacancy of the alternate position. Uh, I received five uh, uh, emails or letters of interest uh, from that, and I was actually hoping to use that that pool to uh, to fill both of these positions. Uh, so, uh, Scott, are you filling the alternate position uh, with one of these people and move, moving the alternate up? Uh, actually, Ms. Glassmeyer was the alternate. She was the alternate, okay. So we don't have anyone to move up, otherwise gotcha. we could. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, uh, two, of the, two of the candidates that uh, uh, had shown interest, I've actually worked with them and, and, and continuing to work with them on the Land Use Steering Committee. Uh, I don't see a conflict of interest with these with these two groups. Uh, the Land Use Steering Committee is, uh, you know, is essentially an ad hoc and uh, temporary board focused on uh, long term visioning. Uh, they they both showed an interest in uh, uh, BZA, which has a, a different focus and is uh, is actually an appointed position of the of the board. So I would be recommending today. Uh, Mr. George Tanek and uh, Ms. Tracy Hughes uh, to fill those two positions. And I was hoping to have a discussion with the, the board today on um, who, who should fill which position. Um, yeah. Both of these have, uh, both of these positions do have term limits that are, um, uh, are, are going to be partials because they are filling those, those unexpired terms. Um, but, but one position here is, is an alternate. So I think I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, George Tenek used to uh, be on our planning and zoning committee commission. I think at one point in time, uh, I worked with him. Very knowledgeable guy. Yep. Um, I can, I've worked. I can only speak for him. Yep. I, I've worked with both candidates uh, for for the last seven months now. Uh, honestly, I've been very impressed with the uh, with with their knowledge. Uh, not not only from their uh, well with, with Ms. Hughes, she's coming from a real estate background. Uh, Mr. Tanek is, is coming from a geology background. They've both been um, uh, long-term residents of the township. 
uh, and also bring that institutional knowledge uh, to our boards. So they've been they've been very valuable on land use steering committee. Um, as we wrap up that uh, process here in the next month or so, um, I, I think this this would be a, a good fit for them and uh, a continued benefit to the township. And I would go along. I, the alternate position for Tracy Hughes and George Tinek uh, actually was on the board for a number of years, as uh, Tom mentioned. And the reason he left uh, was because of his job. He was on the road, he was traveling, and now he's retired and has plenty of time. So I, I agree with uh, that recommendation of George become uh, a member of the board and the alternate Tracy Hughes. Okay. Is that a motion, sir? Skylar, question first. Have you discussed this with both of them as to whether either had a preference for being on the board versus alternate? Uh, I, I spoke to both of them when uh, there was still a um, there. There was still only the the vacancy on the uh, uh, as an alternate. So both of them were interested in the alternate position, uh, essentially because that's that's the only thing that was available. Uh, I, I'm not concerned with with their availability uh we've actually been uh pretty aggressive with our land use steering committee schedule um coming in is is uh, every other week um you know before the pandemic so uh, i have not had a chance to uh to, to speak with them this week on this uh but i'm not anticipating any issues okay uh, can i ask one other question scholar so i, I do remember when uh, doug miller said when we put the land use steering committee together, Doug had um, recommended that we did not have members of planning and zoning or board of zoning appeals on that land use steering committee. So I guess I'm wondering, what does that do to your land use steering committee if that's the case? Uh, do, if, they, if we take them off of that, um, what's that going to do to your land use steering committee? Uh, so I, I wasn't aware of that uh, of that legal opinion. Uh, I actually in in uh, other communities, uh, there have been representatives from uh, the the zoning commission and BZA on land use steering committees uh, to provide that insight into uh, you know, our planning and zoning processes. Not here, obviously, but other communities. Um, it, we just have to be mindful of um, you know depending on which hat they're wearing that they that they um, you know they, they understand their capacity and they're they're not overstepping their authorities uh, with that being said the land use steering committee is going to be uh, again it's going to be winding up in the, uh, the next month or so uh, as we as we put the final touches on that uh, uh, the new land use plan so the the opportunity for conflicts is 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 almost non-existent okay good that's just my question. Well, and as between the two of them, it's it's a difficult choice, I suppose, to choose which should be the primary and which should be the alternate. Both are very skilled. I know both of them fairly well. And uh, George obviously has done this before, on the other hand, so he has expertise on the board and, and knows the processes right away. If that's my two fellow trustees' consensus that uh, they'd like to appoint him as the primary and Tracy as the alternate, I'm not going to object to that. Uh, I think she'd be wonderful on the board as well as the primary, but either one works. Yeah, I, you know, I think my goal at this point is to, um, you know, they've, they've been valuable assets on, uh, again, the, the steering committee. Um, you know, I'd like to keep both of them with a, with a toe in the water, so to speak, of, of uh, you, know, uh, you know, the township volunteer group. So, uh, you know, if, if there were a position opening up on 
uh, any of other our any of our other boards. Maybe the alternate can be moved over. Uh, but again, they 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 stay active in uh, you know our processes. Okay, now we're gonna move forward with this. We have a motion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll make a motion. Second. Okay, we need to spell out what it is, I suppose. So, is your motion to appoint George? Well, the, yeah, the motion is to appoint both, with uh, George Tenek being uh, the the uh, on the on the the primary, and uh, uh, Tracy Hughes being the alternate. I'll second that. Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. I just like to say that. Uh, Tom Sheevy, I worked with Tom for six and a half years, and uh, I believe Tom Weedman, I believe you worked with uh, Tom Sheevy when you were on the board. Uh, no, he came after I, after I, I think after I left, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. I think he came after I left. Yeah, I, I worked with him six and a half years. He's did a wonderful <laughs> job for many, many years, and we thank him for his service. Yeah, I, I wanted to chime in and say the same. I've, I've seen Mr. Sheevy in action on the board. I understand he's been on there since 2005. Um, he's a very sensible and thoughtful member of the Board of Zoning Appeals, so it's 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 unfortunate to see him go. I understand he had some sort of conflict that required him to, to need to step down, but it's good to get some new blood on there, too. And Ms. Glassmeyer also has been the alternate for a few years, I think, and uh, she seemed very thoughtful as well when I saw her in action on the board when I attended meetings. So I, I thank both of them for their service here to the public during this time. Yeah, they've done a great job, both of them. I agree. And, and one other thing I wanted to point out, I want to thank Mr. Miller, because on both of these issues that you've brought up here as to the, the uh, board appointees and as to the charrette process, you provided the board with a memo with your thoughts in advance, which is in the meeting packet. And thank you. I appreciate that. It's my pleasure as always. Skyler, uh, perhaps you should give the board a heads up on the thing you're going to discuss with Deepak later, because it is going to be, they are going to see it at Thursday's meeting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, actually, uh, Mr. Desai and I have several enforcement issues to discuss, um, it, including our ongoing situation uh, uh, down the street on Kenwood Road. But the item that um, Mr. Work and I discussed earlier is um, a property on Quail Hollow. Uh, this is a um, this is this is a project that that really just did not get off the ground. Uh, it's a residential property. The permit is still open, but it's a new construction for um, uh, it's it's a new new home construction. Uh, we have uh, the foundation excavated, but no forms up. Uh, it's been like this. Uh, I'm going to say at least six months now. Uh, there's there's significant erosion of uh, of the excavation site. It's getting very close to um, not only property lines, which I think it may already be on, but it's getting very close to a uh, the, the neighboring residential foundation, uh, and uh, I've seen pictures of their basement. There's there's potential uh, that it may be negatively impacting the you know, the structural integrity of that basement. Uh, after this meeting, I'd like to talk to, to Mr. Desai about the the best uh, and quickest steps moving forward. But we may need a resolution from the trustees Thursday night uh, uh, to move forward to abate this site. Um, you know, uh, on top of the of the actual excavation and this erosion, uh, we've had a lot of rain, so this is this is filling up, and it's essentially a um, you know, uh, unregulated pool or pond. 
Uh, there's certainly uh, dangers to, to neighborhood children, uh, as as well as you know mosquito habitat and everything else. So, Alan, what's the uh, owner telling? Uh, the owner has been telling us for about a month now that he's going to have his construction crew starting, uh, you know, any day. Who's so, the construction crew? Do we know? Uh, I do. I don't have the, I've, I've got the record. just don't have it off the top of my head. Okay. Father, uh, is there any fencing okay. around this excavation? Uh, there is construction fencing, but it's, it has not been kept up. Uh, they, they did go back out recently and, um, fix some of it, but then they didn't fix the front. So it's been a constant maintenance issue. This may be a situation where we move forward with um, um, enforcement actions, doing the paperwork, getting the legal processes set up, and hold off on pulling the trigger, so to speak. Because if at any time the contractors actually get out there and stabilize the site, then we can, you know, we can hold off. Um, what I don't want is a situation where we give them more and more time. They fail to, you know, to, to keep their end of this, um, you know, this goodwill up. And then we have, we have a, a community or neighborhood that's, that's left holding the, holding the bag. Yeah, this has been, I, I more probably six months ago, we all got a letter from uh, residents complaining about this. And we saw pictures of it, went over there to take a look at it, the mounds of dirt just unsightly for residents to look out their window and see but the important at that point was the sitting water with mosquitoes the danger and i thought mm -hmm. somebody was moving on that quickly and apparently they didn't yeah well we've you know there's there's been mosquito tabs that have been put in the pond um you know the the, the hole i suppose um it, it's been pumped out multiple times but again we've had we've had so much water that uh um or, or rain rather that it just you know it, it's a it's continual maintenance issue so um, I, I think we need to step up our processes we may need to abate it uh, at some point in the near future if if this project just doesn't get underway it, it does still have an active um, uh, permit right now uh, but we do need to see movement so there are we, we have sent zoning violation letters uh, you know notifying them of the issues but you know we're we're not seeing any action on the site. No, nothing that's alleviating these, um, you know, these legitimate dangers in the in the neighborhood. And I'm concerned about a child falling in the. Tracy, have you seen the place? I have not. But that's exactly what I was going to say. Right. Jerry, the safety of the children. Absolutely. You know, can we do something with fire and life safety to immediately go over there and fence that off, or and pump it out? And pump it out. I mean, the last thing you want is for a child to absolutely in there and drown. Yeah, there that's in my neighborhood. I go past it every day. It is a. Uh, it definitely needs to be taken care of right away because the the danger to children is immediate. It's an yep. emergency. Well, uh, Skyler will talk to Deepak about it uh, after this meeting, and then Tracy and Jerry will they'll get with you and and uh figure out what to do about this yeah and i do know i, I do know that um you know I, i've been in constant contact with several residents in that area um there are at least a couple that want to come thursday and, and speak on this uh, so i again i'd like to work with Deepak and, and make sure that we have uh, you know uh, 
a, a good action plan in place. So I know this is it's kind of a bad way to do it, but. No. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Wrong way. It's almost full. It, it was. This is, yeah, this wasn't today, but these, these are some recent pictures. So there is a there is a fence at the at the front of the property, but it's not. I, I don't think it's sufficient. Um, the the neighbor to the north of that site, I believe, I'd have to I'd have to check my directions. Uh, but the the closest neighbor, uh, again, there's a lot of erosion on that hole. It's getting very close to uh, the property line, and then turn her her foundation. Uh, I, I have I have some legitimate concerns. They're going to lose a piece of the fence if, if something's not taken care of right away. So um, this is definitely something we need to act quickly on. Thanks, Tyler. Uh, yep. You have another item. Uh, that's that's all I have for today. All right. Uh, any questions, Tyler? Let's move on. The law director, Deepak Desai, Mr. Desai. Nothing to report, sir. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> All right, that, well, Administrator, uh, Mr. Ray, Ray. First thing I have is the uh, Finance Committee. Um, I have uh, moved forward. Uh, we got about oh, eight or nine resumes, all of them pretty good. I did talk to everybody who sent a resume, at least by phone. Um, after discussing it, a couple of them opted out. Um, uh, one gentleman said it didn't sound like it was a good fit for him. And uh, a lady said that uh, she had some changes at work and uh, wouldn't be able to devote the time to it. Everybody else was interested. I thought we got some good resumes. There are some solid accounting finance people um, who I think would approach whatever they're going to do very in a very professional manner. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm suggesting uh, five members uh, plus myself. You have a resolution in your package uh, that was drafted along with a, a draft of some bylaws. Ray? Yes. Uh, so did, did you have Rob Porter uh, interview these people as well? No, I asked him uh, what he wanted to do, and he said I was, uh, I think, moving too fast. I'm not sure. Yeah, can I? I'd like to uh, speak on this, if I may, uh, since I didn't get a chance last time because of uh, technical difficulties. Um, with this finance committee, uh, I was really concerned as how it got started. Uh, there were a lot of irregularities. And this is two meetings ago, where a um, resident who was. Uh, uh, the defeated candidate for my office in November wrote in a letter which was read by Mr. Warwick calling for a financial audit committee. Um, there was nothing on the agenda, so a resident can write in anything they want. That's fine. But at the end of the meeting in the trustees' comments, um, Mr. LaBarbera put forward a motion to appoint such a committee, and, um, and it was seconded and voted all aye. And uh, I, you know, there was no discussion; nothing came about on it. The um, next meeting, 
I was frozen out due to technical difficulties. I, pre I appreciate uh, Trustee James um, kind of tamping down the, uh, uh, tapping the brakes on it uh, and uh, letting me at least come forward here and comment on it. Um, and so now I'm taking the advantage that I have now. So the, in the meantime, I was doing some investigation about, you know, what's, what are these committees all about? What's, what's going on here? So the only, I made a um, public records request to the trustees and administrator. Where is this coming from? Who's, who's asking for this? And all I got was the um, email from Standish Fortin and then there was a previous, uh, in a previous meeting, uh, resident Jay Janis asked for an audit committee. Well, I, I did some investigation. The only pers person that can audit the uh, township is the Ohio Auditor of State or a um, uh, CPA firm appointed by them. The, there's no such thing as an audit committee. Now, um, and so I, um, I checked with the uh, auditor state and they confirmed that that was the case. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we've been notified that uh, the auditor is gonna commence um, the audit of the township. That's gonna occur in July. It's gonna be done by a firm, uh, a CPA firm, Baston. So, um, you know, the auditor is going to move in, move, uh, set up an office here in the township and conduct a thorough audit of the uh, township's finances, which I welcome. And I will cooperate totally with him. But when uh, Jay Janis suggested an audit committee and um, the guy that ran against me suggested an audit committee, I was totally against it. So I called up to the... Um, Ohio Township Association, I talked to Marissa Meyer up there and I said, have you ever heard of such a thing? And she said, I never heard of such a thing, um, of anything like that. Um, so I knew they exist because uh, as I've included in the package, Sims Township uh, has such a committee and uh, that uh, the resolution establishing that committee I've included in the packet it was started in 1994. I talked to Miss um, Laprecy, I, I believe her name is, the administrator of uh, Sims Township, and I asked, what, what's this kit MIDI all about? And she said, well, it was established when they were considering a, um, uh, a levy in Sims Township, and it was to get citizen support behind such a... Uh, uh, a levy and 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 that they occur also with school boards when they're considering levies they um, they want to get citizens support and voter support behind such a uh, an item and that's what happens um, so I didn't you know we're not considering levies so I wondered about that um, but I know that they exist and it's the trustees who make all the decisions about raising money and spending money. If they want to have a citizens advisory committee, not an audit committee, 
but a citizens advisory committee i have no objection but in look in looking over the um proposed um resolution that um the administrator has put forward here i, I think it's a little bit irregular first of all i we this is really the first substantive discussion we've had about it as far as i know and um when uh after the last meeting when uh, trustee james you know tapped the brakes a little bit and said uh let's uh slow down on this let mr porter weigh in on it which i appreciate um i two days later i get a call from the administrator saying do you want to be involved in the um uh interviews of these of these people that have applied uh well i said i don't even know what the purpose of the committee is yet there's there's been no purpose or bylaws or anything set out so i don't want to be interviewing something that i don't people for something that I don't know what their task is going to be or what they're going to do. Um, and, and then after that, that first meeting where the, uh, you know, that it was said to go forward with them within two days, it's on the Facebook asking for, uh, members to, uh, come forward. Um, and it's, you know, it's already filled. With, um, we have a proposed resolution here with uh, uh, suggested members. We haven't even uh, really established the committee or set forth their uh, uh, the purpose of it. And then finally, I reviewed the proposed uh, resolution put forward by the administrator. And I mean, a citizens advisory committee, I have no objection to, and I wanna make that clear. But it's interesting that the administrator has put on there himself as a voting member, this is a non-resident, non-elected bureaucrat on a citizen's advisory committee. So if you're gonna have a citizen's advisory committee, let's make it citizens and have them advise the trustees and on how they wanna raise money or how they wanna spend money. Um, I, I think there must be something else behind this, the way this has just been uh, put on the railroad and and, and uh, put before you in this manner. It's, it's highly irregular. You don't have the administrator as a voting member on the planning and zoning committees uh, or any other uh, citizen volunteer committee in the township. So, I mean, he can offer support and guidance, but to be a voting member on a, you know, as a non-resident, non-elected bureaucrat, I think is just wrong. But that's a trustee decision, and that's I just wanted to weigh in on it. Thank you. I'm not opposed to uh, in, in what what, uh, what Rob said. I'm not opposed to an advisory committee either. However, um, I'm very uncomfortable with going forward with this without having some input from our fiscal officer as it relates to this to these to these to this uh, advisory committee i think um, he should be interviewing these people he i uh, i don't think that we've gone you know i, I know for the for the um the land use committee we were we were advertising for six months and maybe even longer three maybe we had we had it in at least two and maybe even three newsletters and um 
for us to do this in two weeks and then already have a committee together without the word getting out more uh, uh, more comprehensively about the availability of this just bothers me a little bit. I think uh, it's not that it's not that I'm opposed to it. It's just that I'd like to be able to seek the best people. And um, the other thing is, I definitely feel uncomfortable without having Rob Porter, who's our fiscal officer, at the very least, interviewing these people and weighing in on who he thinks might be a good candidates for the for the advisory committee. So, actually, Tom, I think the trustees ought to be interviewing these people because the. Um, these citizens are going to be advising the trustees on how to spend their money, raise money, and how to spend it. I don't have any. Um, I don't have any power that way. I just report to. Uh, I just report to the various agencies how the trustees spend the money. I'm glad to be involved in the interview, but this uh, this board is advising the trustees, and I don't know that any of the trustees have talk to any of these people and um, you know I, I'm glad to do it for you if you want me to but uh, apparently that was not the case but I'd you know I'm I'd like to know what the purpose of the committee is first before you even start interviewing people well you had the opportunity to uh, discuss that and you decided not to discuss that Rob with when have the opportunity to discuss it, Mr. LaBarbera. Mr. Warwick, Mr. Warwick called you. I looked over. I think he sent, uh, am I correct, Mr. Warwick? You sent the uh, candidates, uh, the bios to everybody. I'm looking at uh, two CPAs, corporate executives. This is an extremely, extremely express, impressive board that, that he put together. I think it looks great. And now I'm going to, this, this to go back to you, Mr. Porter. At that first meeting when that came up, the next day you sent out a uh, email. And in that, yes, I did. In that email, you lost. You know, this is your this is your feelings. Since beginning his employment with the township, Ray, our, our administrator, has constantly attempted to interfere with the operations of my office, and hopefully he has enough work of his own administrating the township that he does not need to run my office also. And then you also added, I was hopeful. You went on and on. Paragraph after paragraph. I was hopeful that we could put the election behind us and proceed with the important work of the township for our residents. Sadly, this does not appear to be the case. Now, it seems only logical that the trustees should consult with the official that actually runs the fiscal operations of the township as opposed to railroading through a proposal made by his defeated political opponent of the administration that has been disrupting the smooth operation. You're again accusing our administrator of disrupting the operation of your office. Now, the last meeting, we get another email from you, another caustic email. The administrator's statements are false and irresponsible. The surprising thing is that no one challenged them at the meeting. But of course, you found out that this was wrong. But you went on to say, these types of statements undermine the confidence of the taxpayers that we are taking care of their money. These statements impugn my integrity and the hard work that Debbie Campbell puts into actually reporting the township's finances. Where is the transparency and professionalism in the office? I suggest that the trustees step back from any further attempts to interfere with the operation of my office. I, your, your responses and, I, and your dealing that you are in charge of the finances. 
of the township. This is it. You're not an entity. Your office is not an entity into itself. Uh, I, I beg to disagree, Mr. LaBarbera. It is wrong. an entity into itself. You're wrong. I have talked to Dusty Rhodes. I stand by my emails. I stand by my emails. Uh, when anyone says that we're um, uh, $10.5 million into the hole, that's just not true. That's false. That's uh, dangerous things to be saying at a public meeting. We don't I believe that fluctuate was, that I believe much to anyone here. I believe you didn't hear it correctly. I believe you didn't hear it correctly. I believe, well, people can listen for themselves, Ms. O'Barber. They can play the tape themselves. Mr. James, Mr. James went and detailed it for you. Probably has it. You can run it for you right now if you want to see it. But you've been, you've been. Let the, the people run it themselves. Well, let's not argue. I'm not arguing what the minutes say or what's on the tape. Let them run on themselves. And just tell me what they come away with, the feeling they come away with. I mean, I'm not making that number up. I heard it too. Your office, your office is not an entity unto itself. Debbie Campbell works for the township. You didn't hire her, and I hope, I hope, when Mr. Warwick asks her for, for information, that she doesn't have to go to you first to give him that information. I hope that doesn't exist right now. Mr. Weedman is. That's never been the case. That's okay. never been the case. It, my office has always cooperated with everyone who asked for information. Well, I'm glad that's the case then. I'm really glad that's the case. In, in creating... Well, do, has it ever been... Have you ever not gotten any information, Mr. LaBarber? I have had no problem. I mean, when you're trying to find somebody stealing something like Mr... Uh, Go ahead. What did you say? Not nothing. Well, go ahead. Finish what you were going to say. No, I'm not saying anything. Because you keep saying we politicized it. I'm looking at the emails. Wait, stealing what? Hold on. <laughs> you know, it's like, but Mr. Mr. Uh, Weedman has said often that uh, the township is run like a business. He runs Sycamore Township like a business. And, of course, that gave me the opportunity to say, well, wait, this is not the private sector. It is the public sector, where the public sector is more transparent. But in any business, what is at the top? The budget. Uh, my friend Bob Carter was the superintendent of the largest school district in Southern California. It all revolved around the budget, the number one thing, the budget. Talk to uh, Jay Phillips over at Deer Park High School. It all revolves around the budget. So the budget is the key thing to running the township. And I don't understand why you're nervous or afraid or what you might have to hide. You're, you're I'm not nervous or afraid of anything. So loudly, you and Tom Weedman. What, what is there? Seems Township has it. Delhi's had this. Dusty told me it's been wonderful. It's a great asset to the township. We've had it for over 10 years in Delhi. There's a fiduciary responsibility to the taxpayers. They want to know where the money is spent. This should help us in some degree. But it's not. You kept saying audit, audit. I'm looking for the word audit. I keep looking at you. The Jay Janice said audit. Analyze expenditures and revenue of the township expenses. You know, that's he's talking about analyzing the uh, the revenue and the expenditure. I, I like to know where some of this money goes. We spent over a hundred thousand dollars for a lobbyist. Well, I can't I, hear you now. You're muting it. Lobbyist. We had a lobbyist. We spent over a hundred thousand dollars. This is my third year as a trustee. I had no idea. Street sense over fifty thousand dollars. I wasn't allowed to see this. Eight months later, they showed me what. A web conferencing thing? I, I'm sorry, I'm not hearing what he said. 
I think it's a great idea. This is a great idea, this committee. Mr. LaBarber, I have I no suggest, problem with you. I suggest you work, Mr. Porter. Thanks. I suggest you work with our administration. Mr. LaBarber? Mr. LaBarber? Yes, Mr. Weaver. Yeah. So I I don't know if you, uh, I, I wasn't sure in your rant whether you actually oh, suggested that I was opposed to this or not. I, I already said that I'm not opposed to it. I just think that we should go out, take a little more time, first have a, have the objective as to what we're trying to uh, what we're trying to achieve with this group, which um, we've never had discussions about that. Secondly, I'd like for you I'd like to be able to go out and recruit some potentially recruit additional people, uh, find out what our, what other people out there might be willing to to uh, to participate on this uh, committee, and for us to do this in three weeks without any, um, without even having an objective, discussing the objective as to what we're attempting to achieve, I just find it to be, I agree with Mr. Porter, I just find it to be a little, uh, uh, running just a little too fast, and I, I, I'm not opposed to it. All, I, all I'm saying is, let's create our objective, Let's we'll all discuss it, understand what our objective is, and when we do that, then we have the ability to move forward. And I think we should advertise in the, uh, take more time to advertise for additional uh, um, participants. I think that it's a positive thing. So for us to just railroad this in three weeks, I just think is a is not such a great idea. I don't think we're optimizing what our what our goal would uh, what our uh, achievement might be in if we versus if we take some time to find you know to uh, to create the objective and to uh, solicit additional people for the board. Can I chime in on this now? Or okay, uh, this has been a priority of mine since I was running for office, Mr. Porter. You might remember you and I had breakfast after the election and had a very pleasant discussion. And one of the things I mentioned was I thought we should move ahead with some sort of citizens advisory board too. Exactly what it would be was something that's developed over time, um, but it, it's not there to look over your shoulder. It's there to advise the trustees on the budget and on what we are taxing people for and what we are spending money on here because we as the trustees set the budget, you then implement the spending plan we put in place and make sure the revenues are coming in. And yes, your office has those separate duties. You are an entity unto yourself in terms of making sure that those core duties are accomplished. No question, you have your statutorily assigned duties. We have our broader statutorily assigned duties. Our township administrator has statutorily assigned duties too. Ohio Revised Code Section 505.032 lays out the core duties there. Section F of that says he's supposed to keep the board fully advised on the financial conditions of the township, preparing and submitting a budget for the next fiscal year. And we could use advice on how to do that so that our budget that we as a board of trustees are setting each year is fairly accurate as a projection of what we're going to spend and what we're going to come in or have come in. Certainly unexpected things happen, but we don't need to be engaging in this what seems to be a particular process at the end of every year of putting a resolution in late December, like the one in 2019, uh, resolution 2019-143, where the township added $5.8 million to the budget because it had spent $5.8 million than it had projected in its original appropriation earlier in the year. That's a big chunk of money. Maybe we should be projecting that up front. 
I think there's not a $10 million deficit. And that wasn't the comment before, Mr. Porter. I'm sorry if it was misunderstood that way. I think I asked a question rhetorically about that. And then Mr. Warwick cleared that up. People can go back to the video from our last meeting. I think it's around the 40 minute point that it starts and the discussion goes on for about five to 10 minutes after that. In fact, we are a wealthy township, which is great, but we need to account for things and project things in a way where we are keeping track of what's going on and we're setting priorities with citizen input. We could conceivably cut the taxes we are charging based upon the money we have. We could give back the taxpayers' money to the taxpayers rather than taking it from them, essentially at the force of gunpoint in the end, as government does if you don't pay your taxes. So I, I think we need the citizens panel to look at that. This is something I've been talking about for a while too. Other citizens have been pushing for different versions of it. They use the term audit. That's not the term I'm using. It's an advisory panel. It's there to advise. And the members of it are highly qualified people. Some of them I know, some of them I don't know, but I know of their resumes and Mr. Warwick has spoken with them and has interviewed them and that he's made this advisory selection that's in the proposed resolution. I think these are good choices. They don't include your former political opponent. I know you had concerns about that, and I understand that, certainly. This is not something to look over your shoulders, to look over our shoulders as trustees and provide us with advice. And I know Mr. Um, Weedman may have concerns about moving ahead and, and what you do is quickly on this, but you know we're halfway through the year already since I've taken office. We've had a, a pandemic interrupt some of the business of the township, certainly, but this is something I wanna move forward with, and it's high time to do it. And unlike the Board of Zoning Appeals, which is a statutorily created body, where once we appoint someone, we really can't remove them without having a trial and cause, we can kick any of these people off this board right away if we think they're not taking it seriously or aren't providing good advice or aren't qualified. Am I correct in that, Mr. Warren? Yes. All right, so we have complete control over this board. If they are not doing their job, we can throw them off. They are also defined in this resolution and by state law as being a public body subject to public meeting laws. So the public can attend. Mr. Porter can attend these meetings too and weigh in if he likes. He's not a member of the committee on the other hand, Mr. Warwick is. That I understand is actually the practice in Sims Township now. Although when they originally set up their board, they included the fiscal officer as a member and chairman. In practice, uh, Ms. Lappensee says that she's the one running it. She's the administrator and she is the one running their board and participating in it. So we should have this board in place. It sounds like everyone thinks it's a good idea to have it. It's a question of the timing and the scope perhaps, but um, I think we need to move ahead with it now if we're dissatisfied with our choices after we see what comes out of the initial meetings and after hearing Mr. Porter's input from him hopefully attending these and seeing what's going on too, we can make changes because we've got the power to do that. But we need to move ahead with it now, I think, and get it going so we can take a look at this because we're coming up on time to start planning for the budget for the next year. And we need some time to analyze these things and some good input, some solid input from people with tremendous expertise, which these people have. So I'm in favor of moving ahead with this now and we can revisit our choices later if we need to because it's not set in stone. Thanks. James, I agree. And this doesn't warrant uh, further discussion. Let's vote. Oh, well, no way. I have a comment. Why is the um, administrator a voting member of a citizen's advisory committee when he's a non-resident, non-citizen? He's, a, you know, supposedly running the committee. And 
what, why would he have a vote? That, that's what seems very irregular. But let me answer that. This is an advisory board. They don't have true decision-making authority. They're going to provide advice. If there is a majority opinion and a minority opinion, I want to hear both of them, frankly, if they make some sort of decision or develop some report. I, I don't see this entity as coming up with a you know divided board where they say we're only going to tell the trustees what the majority thinks. That would be ridiculous. They are there to advise us. But Mr. Warwick might have some further input on that too. Well, can I, can if, I just if you, make Rob, one if you, the the uh, administrator is not a voting member of this board. It, it's if, a, if you look at the bylaws, it says that clearly. I was looking at the resolution. I re reviewed the resolution. If you look at the bylaws that are uh, attached, you'll see that the administrator is not a voting member. Right, let's let's move forward. Do we have a let Mr. <laughs> Mr. Porter? Would you call the roll for vote? And we actually moved to adopt the resolution. We did not. We did not. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. We did not. Can you put that forward, uh, Mr. James? Uh, well, let's present it. First of all, we don't have it uh, for viewing by the public here. We didn't do that with the other ones earlier, come to think of it. But could we put this up on the screen for a moment so people can see it and read the title here? Okay, Ray, do you want to present this? It's coming under your section of this. Yeah, it's a, a resolution establishing a citizen finance committee to analyze expenditures and revenue of the township, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. Mr. Porter. Okay, well, wait, I, I move that we adopt this resolution. And I'll second it. All right, let, let me ask, if I may, before we continue. <coughs> Mr. Porter, I, I know you, you're not necessarily happy with this, but have we addressed some of your concerns, and including the voting concern there that you had? Well, let's, can we just scroll down that resolution? Does, does this resolution also appoint the members? It does. And does it talk about the uh, voting, who votes and who? It references bylaws that it also adopts, I believe. Is that correct, Mr. Ward? It does. And they follow it in the packet here. Okay. Well, I think that if it references the bylaws, the people ought to be able to see that, too. Right. And those are in the packet that was published on the township yeah. website, correct? Yeah. You can keep scrolling. It should be attached there. It should be right there. Right there. No, keep on going down. They follow on the page. Go down to the bylaws. Yeah, keep going. Right if there. you go to 2A2, so number 2A is an apple, two little eyes, you'll see it says the township administrator who shall not be entitled to vote. But I, Mr. Porter, I asked about your concerns because I want this board to be helpful to you too, although it's there primarily to advise the trustees as to budget matters. And we'd like yeah, your- As I say, I have no problem with a board advising the trustees on how to raise money or spend money or, or set budgets. That's, that's your job. Uh, my concern was when it first came in, it was an audit committee, which, you know, it was it would be a waste of time, would be unuseful, and would not, uh, you know, we're already audited by the state state auditor. So 
that was my concern. But I, this is really the first time I've had a chance to address any of this. And um, if you guys want it, I'm fine with it. I, as, as I say, I, I did some research and looked into it. Uh, Sims does have one. Um, Del, I talked to um, Cheryl Seavey at Delhi. They have one. And if you guys want this, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to tell you uh, how to uh, run your office, and I would hope you would not tell me how to run mine. All right, thank you. Uh, Mr. Work? Yes. Yeah, could you tell me, refresh my memory. I went through all those applications, but refresh my memory on the geographic location of those people. Are they equally distributed or at least somewhat distributed amongst the uh, full geography of the township or... Yes, that, I, I believe they're somewhat distributed. One is from the northern portion up by you, uh, and the rest, I believe, are all in the central portion uh, of the uh, of the township. The ones who withdraw were they up north? I know one of them was. One was well, one was up north. Yes. So do we have anybody? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What about Dillonville? Any Dillonville? I don't think so, but I, I, I don't know that I checked all their addresses specifically. So again, I, I think that it would be good to have uh, distribution of, uh, of representation on this board. And I just think that, so we're basically saying we have somebody from the north and the rest of the people are from Kenwood. We have nobody from Dillonvale. And I, I just think that might make more sense for us just to advertise this again and hold off a little longer. I'm not opposed to the. I'm clearly not opposed to the um, to setting this this uh, body up. I just like to make sure that we have good representation on it and fair representation. And I think uh, having representation from Dillonville is, is is important. I, I think that's important too. No one from there applied after the initial notices went out. But as, as I was making the point earlier, this is not something that's set in stone where Ohio law defines terms and we just get to pick who the people are and then can't change what's going on. My suggestion would be, let's continue advertising for members, but let's get this thing going. We can expand the number of members needed on this board. And if there are people from other geographic areas of the township, we'd love their input. I'd love it if we could get more people on here, frankly. So let's go ahead and adopt it, and let's continue Tom, advertising for potential expansions for the board. Tom, I think, you're, I think you would agree with me that it puts us in a bad position when we don't have somebody from Dillonville, and someone from Dillonville comes in and we can all you're suggesting we can always change the members on the board are we going to take one of those people from central and say you know if we want to get representation of Dillonville so you've got to go I don't think that's the case uh, we, no, could add, we could add we could add members I don't think there's any question about that I think that requires perhaps a, a bylaw change but um, uh, I just think that there, there's no harm in having us go out to Dillonville and even to the north and, and, and advertising this again to try to see if we can't get some competent people to serve on this board. It makes no sense to leave Dillonville out, in my opinion. It's it, it's more than a third of our population, and I just think that we need re good representation from Dillonville. I, I agree. It's unfortunate no one applied previously, and again, we can expand it later. I think we need to proceed now, though. I think it's a priority. And I, if anyone out there in Dillonville is watching or you're watching the video here later, please apply. We want your input. Please come to the meetings, even if you don't apply, and provide your input. These will be public meetings of the Citizens Advisory Panel. And we want to hear from you as to what the priorities of the residents of the township are. But we need to get this panel set up now. 
I agree, Tom, 100%. Uh, let's not stall any further with this. And as you mentioned, we can always add somebody from Dillon Bell. We certainly have a, the cream of the crop of this group of people that applied. And I know there are the other two, three people that aren't on this board, Mr. Standish among them, very qualified to serve on the board. And that would give you another represent, representative up north. Uh, this doesn't warrant further discussion. Um, Mr. Porter, please call the roll. Mr. Lombardi. So we had, we had the motion and we had a second motion. So now it's time for the roll. Yes, go ahead. Call the roll. Uh, Mr. LaBarbera. Yes. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. No. And your reason, Mr. Weedman, after you took less than a second to vote for the formation of this is because you because I want representation from all the township, not just the not just Canwood itself. Okay. Now sometimes, Mr. Weedman, that's difficult to do when you try to force something into a, a peg when that person isn't qualified or to go just find so, any. Barbara, you're, you're right, but it, it, it is yes. difficult to do in three weeks. It may not be different difficult to do in six weeks, but it's definitely difficult to do in three weeks to, to get the word out to everybody in Dillonville who may be qualified for this position that they are uh, that we have this we have this um, advisory committee uh, being formed and we'd like for you to join. So I think that three weeks was not enough time to get the word out. And so for okay. that reason, leaving people off in Dillonville, I'm OK. Look, I get one vote just like you, Mr. LaBarber. I get one vote. I'm just and you told and you asked me why. I'm telling you why, because I, I would rather have more equalized distribution geographic distribution on this board. That's all. Let, let me ask if I may, Mr. Weedman, I know you have an extensive email address book and contacts throughout the township. Please reach out to people in those regions and let's invite other people to volunteer for this committee and we can assess their qualifications so we can have better geographic distribution. Make that effort. I know you voted against this for now because you want those people here. Make that effort to get those people here. I, I want to see those resumes because I'm happy to entertain them. I'd love for people from those other regions to participate. Mr. Kellum, same thing. You've got a lot of contacts there. You know everybody in Dillon Vale. Get some people to apply, please. Okay, Mr. Warwick. <laughs> yes, the next thing I have on the agenda is the fireworks. As we all know, a private citizen um, would like to rent McDaniel's Park and uh, have some kind of fireworks and a, a fireworks event on uh, the 4th of July. Um, uh, this thing is being put together uh, rather quickly. There's still some unanswered questions as we sit here today. Um, while I appreciate the spirit behind this uh, as a liberty-loving American, I can assure you, I think this is a, uh, a good thing to think about doing, but as the administrator of the township, I have grave concerns, not about the fireworks, but the crowd control. We don't know who's going to show up, how many, and because of that, I'm kind of nervous about this whole thing. Uh, we're still getting a few... Uh, uh, answers and comments from our insurance company. I believe I sent you all an email this morning, a forward one, where the risk um, uh, control manager of our insurance carrier 
has made some further comments and, and asked some questions. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm really not sure where it stands. I have, uh, obviously the citizen is Standish Fort and Standish and I have talked uh, about this a lot, including yesterday. And uh, I think the plan is that he'd like to come before you on Thursday and even bring uh, Joe Rossi of Rossi Fireworks uh, in case you have questions for him. Um, but I, I've been on the record with uh, Mr. Fortin. Um, I'm uncomfortable about this event. I wish I wasn't, but I am. And uh, uh, I just wanted to mention it in this meeting. I'm not asking you to do anything about it at this point. Mr. Work? Yes. You said he wanted to rent the park. Is that correct? Yes. And do have we ever established what the cost of renting the park would be? Yes. Um, we, based on the the field that he was going to occupy, I asked Jason Petty to to follow our our menu, and it came to uh, eight hundred twenty five dollars. Okay. And so when they shoot off those fireworks, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fire comes out the other end. So that, that could potentially destroy some of our fields. So is there any, uh, is there anything in there that would uh, accommodate us for uh, repair of those fields? No, but what I, what I was been told by Joe Rossi is it'll, they'll be fired off of a platform that they will bring in. Okay. And uh, there shouldn't be any damage to the field. Okay, I, I, I'm going to express my opinion on this. I, I think that uh, while it is a while it is a nice idea, um, we still don't know what the state's telling us they can or can't do. But more importantly, to to raise suggestion, most of the other communities have all canceled their Fourth of July fireworks, and we don't really know who will show up to this, and we don't we don't have a good handle on crowd control and. We don't have a, a good handle on uh, a whole bunch of things, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of loose ends left with this, and Fourth of July is a month away. I mean, I'm hesitant to, to support something like this this year, based on the fact that uh, it's coming in way too late, and we have too many um, we have too many uh, loose ends on this deal. So, yeah, I, I'll I'll chime in on that too. Mr. Fortin has asked me about this from when he started planning it. We had some conversations about it, and I I really appreciate the sentiment. It's the Fourth of July. We've been you know hit over the head by a lot of things here in America the last several months, and people would love to blow off steam and celebrate and fireworks are the way we do it. But there are all kinds of impediments here that seem to render it impractical. And crowds were the first thing I mentioned too. It, we will be the only show in town and, and i say we it's not us it'll be in our township this is a privately sponsored event it's not a township sponsored thing but all the other communities except for the city of hamilton seem to have canceled their fireworks hamilton plans to shoot them up really high in the air over the river and they're telling crowds not to form anywhere in particular to watch them i don't know that that's practical in our area to shoot them higher so people could see them from home but we don't have in our park the parking capacity for the number of people who are likely to show up. The city of Madeira, I, I shared with some of you last week, I, I learned in their meetings last week, they regrettably had to cancel their Independence Day celebration. They have a wonderful fireworks event each year too, but 
their concern was they were going to be practically the only show in town and they'd be overwhelmed by crowds. And I, I see that inundating our neighborhoods around there. If that happens, there's going to be people parking in the neighborhoods, on the streets. We're going to have crowds assembling that aren't allowed currently under the state health order. That may change as of July 1st, or they may get rolled over again for another month. And so there are all kinds of concerns. I, I will say I understand from Mr. Warwick and from some of the questions you had asked him, Mr. Weedman, uh, previously, there there is a, a fairly detailed plan that Mr. Fortin's put in place. It's Really impressive the logistical detail he's gotten into everything down to portalettes and so forth but state law just doesn't seem to allow this sort of gathering right now either and our insurance company has expressed that concern as one of the numerous concerns that uh, mr warwick shared with us earlier too we might not be covered i suppose potentially if there's a, an assembly we permit in violation of state law uh, on the other hand we have some criteria for renting the parks i i don't know what discretion we have, I guess, to, to say yes to some and no to others under some instances. If we have a, a rule that if you apply by a certain date and pay the fee and check all the boxes you're supposed to check, you get to rent it. If, if we deny it to a particular event, um, I, I don't know if that creates any legal concerns for us. I would think not. It's not a, a content-based restriction where we're saying don't come in the park and talk about a particular thing. We're saying there's a crowd issue. But yeah, it, I, I wish it didn't make me uncomfortable here. I wish we could say, you know, this is a great citizen initiative. Go ahead and do it. But it, there are all kinds of logistical hurdles here. And I just don't know that it's practical this year. But my other question would be, other than just saying you can't rent the park if we have grounds to do that, what, what decisions do the trustees need to make here? That's something to consider. Yeah, I think I, I haven't really thrashed it all the way out with uh, Deepak, but yeah, I'm questioning whether it's not just an administration call. Uh, we don't come before the board when we rent out fields, um, but I think uh, Deepak should weigh in on that. My concern is, is the same as Tom's and Tom's. Uh, this is now being considered, uh, talk about social distancing. This is considered like a any event like a parade, a festival, this is in that same category. And uh, your risk control from the uh, insurance company, the fact that if, if somebody does come down with uh, the virus and they can pinpoint it, uh, all the legal responsibilities and, and how do you control this crowd? How many uh, sheriff's deputies do you need? How many portalettes? Uh, events like this that go on, usually a preparation time is, you know, weeks and months ahead of time. And For a year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, um, I have I have serious doubts that uh, that we should back this. Uh, you're muted, Deepak. Did you want to weigh in on whether we need action from the board or whether the administration can just make a decision? Yeah, you know, my 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 gut reaction to this has been that because it's um, not a routine use of the parks, it's not like renting the ball fields uh, that we've done. Um, it's something that would require board approval. In, in fairness to Standish, uh, do we do we just say at this point that we we don't want to continue to uh, rather than have them make a presentation on Thursday night. How do we want to handle this? 
I think that's fair. I mean, he, he may want to do it, but I, I mean, I think there's pretty much same uh, consistent sentiment on the board that this is probably not such a good idea for this year. So, but if he wants to make it, he's free. He gets four minutes. He's free to make what it, make whatever he wants. I'm, I'm happy to hear the presentation. If there's some factor we haven't considered that might allow it to happen, maybe we'll hear that. But my, my inclination is it's just logistically impractical this year. Maybe there's some other way to do a, a township-wide celebration that doesn't involve a crowd. Maybe a creative idea will come up as to that. But I guess the other thing we should probably consider going forward is, um, to, to Deepak's point, of which I was getting ready to say the same thing before he spoke, and that is when we rent the ball fields, we rent the soccer field to play soccer. When we rent the baseball diamond, we rent that to play baseball. And so when you want to come in with another use that might not be compatible with what we're doing, whether it's going to destroy the fields, whether, you know, when you bring 2,000 people into the park, you have, uh, and you expect to play baseball the next day because you're scheduled to play baseball, that might be problematic for us. And so I think we should probably have somewhere in our, uh, uh, in our rules with the park that, uh, that we are renting the ball fields specifically for the use of playing baseball and or soccer and any other, any other use uh, cannot be considered. I mean, I think we probably, Jason probably got this $825 because uh, he was renting out X amount of fields. The reality is what happens when 2,000 people walk all over it and uh, uh, next thing you know it's destroyed and it takes us another month to get it back into playing condition. Now, those are things we all should be we should be considering when we're when we're using uh, these baseball fields or these soccer fields for alternate alternate uses. That's all. You want to rate wait in at all, Tracy? Well, I I completely agree. I mean, obviously, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of manpower. Uh, you know, we don't know what kind of damage is going to be done. Uh, I agree with you, not only by the people but by the fireworks. You know, the parking, where are we going to park people? Or, you know, we, we don't have the parking facilities. I know Mr. Fortin was talking about using one of the parking lots as handicapped parking and another parking lot for food trucks. There's only two parking lots, so I don't know where the patrons that are going to come are going to park. I mean, we, we don't have anywhere for them. And uh, I can see a lot of damage being done to our in the shape now because uh you know we've been so far behind with covid so you know who, who, it's hard to forecast what kind of damage would be done but it would definitely take a long time to to get it back in order along with we'd probably have to have maintenance personnel somebody's gonna have to be there i mean somebody's got to pick up all this trash unless they're gonna do it themselves but you know the reality is you know we we probably need to be there to make sure things don't get torn up. So, you know, that that's another, something else that we need to think about. Well, let's hear the presentation Thursday night. And then if we need to make a decision, we do what we need to do. Okay. Um, I have, uh, uh, two things that were sent in by citizens that they wanted read. Um, we typically don't do citizens' comments at workshops, but 
given this, that we've been on Zoom and we've, uh, you know, asked them to send in questions for the regular meeting, I would feel uh, more comfortable going ahead and reading these today. They did ask specifically they'd be read today. So I'll proceed with that. Uh, first one is uh, from Gloria DeAndrea. Uh, I asked her to provide her address, but I don't have it as of yet, but I'll go ahead and read it if it's okay. Uh, please present this question at the Tuesday, June 2nd, uh, 2029 work meeting workshop. What is the progress of the relocation of the Re Revolutionary War Patriots gravestones from Rose Hill Cemetery in Anderson Township to Sycamore Township Memorial Cemetery? Are you working with Greg Ballman, Mike Gunn, and Turner Wilkerson with the Sons of the American Revolution and Standy Sporton with the Sycamore Civic Sycamore Township Civic Association to finalize this event. Uh, I I can answer this right now. We, I talked to Mr. Ballman on Friday. Tracy's been coordinating with Anderson. I think we have this underway. Do we, Tracy, do we have a date when the stones are going to be picked up over there? We do not have a date, but we were going. We were looking to do it this week. Okay. And then they've asked as soon as you have a date, if you could let it let me or them know because uh, some of them want to go and have some kind of ceremony when the when the stones are actually picked up um so i i think we've got i mean i think we're tuned into this and uh it will follow through and uh the stones will be over here in plenty of time they're going to have a little ceremony on july 4th in the cemetery and i believe we'll have them there and have them placed how they want uh, uh, in advance of that day. Can I ask a, a question about that? This, I think, has come up before, and Mr. Bickford may have addressed it last year, but um, our cemetery sits at the corner of Tenwood and Kugler Mill Road, and it's our historic cemetery in the township. It's immediately adjacent to a church, which has no trespassing signs all over the parking lot, including right in front of the gate into the cemetery. There's no parking on the, the side street off of Kugler Mill leading to it either. Do we have any sort of parking easement for public uh, visitors to that cemetery, notwithstanding that no trespassing sign? Or do people literally just need to park on Kenwood Road and cross their fingers no one runs into them? I believe we have an easement. Could you Tracy, check you on that? Or, Tracy, yeah. I will check on that. We do have an easement for ingress and egress to the cemetery there, mainly for maintenance. As far as public parking, I do not believe there is an easement. I will call uh, Mr. Chuck Martin and talk to him about that. I've been uh, looking this up to see if I could try to find something in our records about that. Uh, there is nothing as far as parking in the church's parking lot for public, uh, but we do have an ingress and egress easement for maintenance there are also no parking signs on the side street there and I, i'm sorry the name of it is escaping me but if it if it turns out there's no way to park in the church parking lot could you look at whether it might be feasible to at least you know label some parking space or allow limited parking there on the side of the road for short-term cemetery visitors it's just dangerous for people to park on kenwood road that close to that intersection even if that's permitted and if they were to park in our public parking lot of the township parking it's it's difficult to cross Kenwood Road there to get to the other side too. Well, that side street is a private street. It's in uh, right away, but it was done with an agreement 
that that is not a public road. Okay. Trace, I thought there was some agreement with the easement uh, when they expanded Kenwood Road, where you you couldn't get into the uh, cemetery that. Uh, the church would allow people. There was some agreement that was made. Uh, can you check into that? I will check into that. So far, all I have found is an ingress and egress easement, but I will definitely look into it further. Another thing, uh, Gloria, uh, Ray, and, and the Tom's. When Gloria called me the other day, she was talking about they need to clean the stones, the the tombstones, and she said we somebody that's involved in it knows the right formula that there is some kind of a uh, chemical that cost I, I think a hundred or two hundred dollars for this chemical she said we want to buy it and i said well wait a second our our responsibility is to maintain the cemetery so can we look into uh, whatever that takes to work with these people whatever it takes to clean those tombstones if that's possible trace yeah, I mean, we can definitely look into it if that's, you know, it, it, it's your decision. I mean, we have never maintained tombstones. We maintain the grounds. Right. The responsibility of township is the grounds. Yeah, do we own the tombstones or are they privately owned? We do not own the tombstones. I'd love to see them cleaned, but there's there's some risk, I suppose, if we're cleaning somebody else's property property with caustic chemicals that something goes wrong. Who was going to do this, Jim? The Sons of the Revolution? I, I don't really know, Trace. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what the, the group is. I, I think that sounds like a name that was that I may have heard. Okay, I'll talk to uh, Mr. Ballman about it. Yeah, I, yes. Okay. Uh, next comment uh, comes from uh, Tim Cummins, 8354 Frayne Lane. Um, once again, he asked to have it read today, and I'll read it. Point number one, put a plan in action with time constraints on the Meyer Project at 8250 Kenwood Road, plus all other related addresses to meet all agreed building slash landscaping plans prior to any construction. Point number two, have a plan of action to take severe legal action if the agreed building slash landscaping are not completed 100% to the agreed plan prior to any construction. Point number three, do not issue any occupancy approvals until all building slash landscaping is finished 100% by the above addresses to the agreed plan prior to any construction. Point number four, have a written documented plan of communication between all related building departments with checks and balances. No more verbal, everything has to be in writing. Point number five, have in writing if the person or persons fail to document in writing any current or future building approvals in Sycamore Township, they should be, they should be replaced immediately without exception. Um, we're doing a lot of follow-up on this. Uh, I think it's a subject uh, uh, that Skyler has to has some items for uh, Mr. Desai. And yeah. I had a conversation with a Randy Cooper. And also, um, he and I will meet sometime this week at the site. 
Um, if I boiled it down where the, where the disagreement lies right now, and hopefully this can be ironed out, they're pointing at a landscape drawing and we're pointing at the resolution, which actually encompasses that drawing. And so we're hopeful to maybe get this, get this worked out. Just for the public's reference, right? I don't know if we discussed this in our prior meeting or if this came up after, but what we're talking about here is the Myers-Cooper project on Kenwood Road, just north of Galbraith Road, where um, the landscaping plan hasn't been completed to the uh, specificity provided in the township resolution approving the project, and the neighbors are understandably upset with that. They were, they were promised an opaque barrier, and instead there are a few little trees and a big disagreement over what needs to go there. But my understanding is for some reason, the county ignored the fact that we had not granted a certificate of occupancy yet for this project and approved it because the conditions weren't met and the county let somebody move in. Is that an accurate uh, description of what happened? And then can you elaborate? Uh, yeah, a, a little bit. So, so the township does not issue certificates of occupancy. Uh, that, is, that is the Hamilton County Building Department. Uh, we do have a final zoning approval, which has, has, has not been given. Um, you know, it was my understanding that this certificate of occupancy would not be issued without, you know, all of these boxes being checked. Um, you know, the, the, there's a, there's a different legal interpretation that the, that the county has. Uh, they feel that they were obligated to, uh, issue, uh, the, the CO to the, to the tenants because all of the, um, you know, the pertinent building code items uh, were were met, so they weren't not they're they're not going to hold up a CO uh, because of our requirements. So at this point in time, you know my my only recourse is just to not issue any more permits. So anything that's coming in for that site is uh, is currently on hold in my office, um, uh, pending pending discussion with Mr. Desai. Um, uh, you know, I, I can tell you that potentially um, there's there's one more tenant that, that could be issued a CO um, prior to them receiving zoning approval, uh, but nothing else can go in there because it's there, there's nothing for the county to review. Uh, I'm not even approving sign permits at this point in time. Uh, you know, everything is on hold. We are continuing to work with the developer. Uh, they are supposed to have their landscapers out this week. Uh, so hopefully this this becomes a moot issue that the that the site does does meet their um, uh, you know the conditions set forth by the trustees, uh, but we'll have to wait and see what the what the landscapers do, and um, you know and also check that the proper shielding was put in place. Uh, I was told that there was some shielding put up, so we'll have to check that at night. Um, uh, other than that, this is this is an ongoing issue. Um, it, you know, when we talk about uh, our relationship with, with Hamilton County uh, in, in our zoning processes, um, you know, I, I'm not going to, to rely on the county to, to hold up the CO in the future, uh, but they are at least notifying me of, uh, of their, uh, their inspection schedule, so, so I know what's coming down the pipe now. So, um, you know, we're, we're certainly not going to rely on them for, for our enforcement. And that's one of the things that, that Deepak and I will have to discuss. Scholar, did, can I just elaborate on that a little bit? Um, because I know um, Trustee James, being an attorney, probably has some specific legal questions going through his mind. Um, mm -hmm. 
So I, I do not agree with the county's interpretation. Um, the zoning approval is absolutely required before they issue a CL. Um, they are our agent. They are not our, um, our dictator. Uh, we have a contract with them to provide a specific service, but we maintain um, home rule uh, and we are ultimately the buck stops with us. So I strongly disagree with their interpretation. <clears throat> um, I am happy that they are looking into the process to see what can be done to uh, better coordinate between the two. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think we need to revisit our contract with Hampton County Building Department and specifically state in there what their obligations are in terms of waiting on our approvals. Um, so that's something Skylar and I are going to discuss, uh, Trustee James. But um, I, I just wanted to throw that out there that at the at the end of the day, I think we can take care of this by contract uh, negotiation. Uh, and, and get that specific um, process laid out so we don't have this again. The other thing I wanna let everyone know, uh, you know, Ray and Skylar were, were very good about uh, bringing this to my attention. Skylar actually has, has raised this with me, I mean, I wanna say a couple months ago. So this is not the first time that um, we're addressing this issue. And so it was nice to have some familiarity with the project. Um, I tend to be a very <clears throat> result-oriented individual. Um, at this point in time, the owner of the property, the developer, appears to be cooperating with us, even though he has his CO. Um, Skyler has had extensive discussions with him based on our conversations about what needs to be done to comply with the trustee resolution. Um, and he does appear to still be willing to move forward with uh, the discussions that have been going on leading up to a CO being issued. Uh, if at any point in time he changes his tone, uh, changes his tune, I'm sorry, um, and and is not going to cooperate, uh, at that point we would look at enforcement action. So I, I don't want the, the board to feel like, um, you know, we somehow, you know, got, uh, got duped. Uh, we still have the ability to make sure that resolution is enforced. Uh, and we will if we need to go the legal route. But again, being result oriented uh, at this point in time, he's working with Skyler, he's working with the township. And so hopefully we can take the position of, you know, no harm, no foul when everything's said and done. Thank you. Skyler, uh, one quick question. Did the fire department sign off on this? Uh, so there's a there is a temporary co on the entire shell of the building i believe the the fire department did review that um they did review the one tenant that was that received the co uh, again uh our, our fire inspector um is just one of one of multiple boxes that have to be checked so um you know he didn't he didn't feel that he had to hold up his inspection for you know, uh, for any reason. So yes, he he did he did approve it. It, you know, it is it, it does meet building code. It does meet it does meet fire code. Um, it's just they they have not received their final zoning approval. Work. Okay, 
and also we've had internal discussions. We're going to have a little better communication between the zoning and the uh, fire inspections so that everybody's on the same page. And the county is sending their inspection schedule to us every morning and uh, everybody's getting it that need, needs to see it. So hopefully we'll, this thing will be uh, worked out. Uh, the last thing I have on my list is we're going to meet in person on Thursday, or at least that was the plan from last meeting. Um, the, uh, what we plan to do for the JED meeting is spread everybody out. We're going to ask them to stay out of the building until their assigned time. As you know, those JED meetings go very quickly and, um, we're going to ask them to do that. We will clean the surfaces between these short meetings. Um, and so I think that will run just fine. I did have one board member from one of the JEDs who expressed that uh, she would be uncomfortable unless everybody was required to wear masks. Um, she asked me if people are required to wear a mask and I told her at this point, no, we're, we, do, we have no such requirement. I haven't heard back from her since I told her that last night. No one else has expressed any concerns other than, you know, do you have some protocol? And we do, uh, as I just explained. Um, uh, the the right. uh, CIC portion uh, that evening and the trustee meeting, once again, we plan to space everybody out. Uh, we're going to take a look at removing some chairs from the meeting room so that they can A, be spaced, and uh, uh, we maybe look at uh, limiting it to 50% of the occupancy. Uh, once again, in the orders from the uh, state, it's this isn't even talked about. I know some people are been letting uh, the public back into their meetings and some haven't done it yet. Uh, so our suggestion at this point is, is we'll, we'll uh, do the spacing. We'll, uh, we'll spread out the chairs. We'll put out an announcement that we will have to control how many people come in the meeting. Possibly we could ask for reservations. Uh, so people could reserve a spot in the meeting. Um, and we'll have plenty of hand sanitizer. Uh, I suspect we could have a mask available if somebody wanted to, to didn't have one and wanted to use one. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And I just wanted the board to edit or comment or uh, uh, on that plan. Right for the uh, for the Jed's meeting um, where we have one member that's interested in everyone wearing masks. Can for that specific meeting, can we wear masks? I don't see why not. Do we have them there? Do we have a, enough masks? Uh, uh, just the regular masks, Jerry. Oh, surgicals. You're muted, Jerry. You're muted. Turn your mic. There you go. I can get you a box of them. Okay. We don't want. We don't need the N95s. Just no, the, no, no. You just just regular okay. surgicals is good. We'll just use the surgical masks. Okay. Ray, al alternately, since electronic meetings are, of course, still permitted, uh, is it possible for that single Jed board member to appear electronically in our meeting somehow? Maybe through a laptop up on the screen, or even somebody carry an iPad around, FaceTiming or something. 
I guess we could figure that out. But I'll circle back to her and say, look, for your meeting, we'll all put a mask on if, if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, I think it's fine. It's good. If that meets the requirements, that's good by me. Okay. <clears throat> we want to have the fire department at the door taking temperatures. Is there any need for that? I don't think so, but... Epoch is nodding yes. You're muted, though. Epoch, you're yeah, muted. I think we still have to follow the protocols that have been in place. You know, you've got to take people's temperatures. You got to, you know, tell them that they're exhibiting any signs of illness, especially the classic symptoms of COVID-19. I still think you got to follow those. Okay. Uh, Jerry, can you take care of that or have somebody assigned? Yeah. I mean, if we're going to go that far, then everybody that goes in that meeting room should be wearing a mask. And I'm, I'm, I mean, if you're going to go as far as out then everybody should just wear a mask if you well those are the protocols those are the protocols we're doing every day here yes no i agree i'm that's yeah. my two cents yeah i don't i don't know about the mask part i mean that we're not required to wear uh mask in those meetings but i mean i understand doing it to make make somebody feel comfortable yeah yeah, I mean, the way I've interpreted the protocol is the temperature check, the symptoms, all that is mandatory no matter what. Uh, if you can maintain six feet or more, you can alleviate the mask. But if you cannot maintain six feet or more, then you have to wear the mask. I think we will achieve the six feet. I agree. Any discussion? Any further discussion? Okay, that that is uh, all I have. This co-officer Rob Porter, uh, you have some items for us? Uh, nothing further. Trustee <clears throat> items, uh, Mr. Williams. I just, I just have one comment. Um, this weekend was a very interesting weekend. As a member of the board of the Hamilton County EMA Homeland Security, I was in constant communication with our director and the EOC, as well as Captain Butler of the Hamilton County Sheriff's Department, monitoring the unrest and social media chatter to ensure that we had the necessary security in place. On Saturday, I received a call from one of the judges in the county who advised me that they were also hearing the same things that we were at the EOC regarding possible gatherings being scheduled in and around Kenwood by protesters. I want to thank uh, Captain no, Butler no, for the excellent no, job he and his team did directing a great police presence in Kenwood on Saturday night, as well as the comprehensive back, backup plan he had in place in the event that trouble began. I was at the mall at 11 p.m. on Saturday night and it was totally quiet. We hope that peace will continue. That's all I have. Mr. James? Yeah, I would add that I think each of the trustees Saturday night after hearing that individually went by the mall to check out the situation. I know I spoke with some of the Hamilton County officers who were there on duty, keeping an eye on things. Went by Sunday also to take a look and spoke with security there. Unfortunately, everything was quiet there. Madeira was another uh, community that was told it might be targeted and everything was quiet there too. Um, it's 
it's a tough time for some people out there. We've got the situation downtown with peaceful protesters in Cincinnati, and then there are agitators there who are up to no good, who are breaking things too, and uh, disrupting the message of those who are trying to peacefully protest. It's it's sad what happened with George Floyd. Unfortunately, the the officer who committed the act, and it looks like his colleagues as well, are going to be punished for that. So the law is working. The law is there to work. It's terrible that it has to work here and that this happened in the first place, of course. But fortunately, we've been spared some of the violence here in Sycamore Township as to that. Um, let's hope that continues. So, thanks. And, and I'll go along with uh, the Toms. Uh, I did also stop by on Saturday night, uh, spoke with the, uh, we had three police cars, three uh, sheriff's cars, very nice presence, and uh, thanked them for helping us out. And uh, it was uneventful, thank God. And I did drive through Madeira because that was one of the uh, targets that they were talking about. And there were about six cars in the Kroger parking lot, and that was about it. Um, my only comment is that uh, in talking to Mr. Porter, is that uh, hopefully, you know, we've discussed this now, that you have a duty to cooperate with the trustees and especially our administrator. And let's move forward with this. Um, now, the um, announcement changes the document shredding for residents is Saturday, June 20th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Parking lot behind the Township Administration Building, 8540 Kenwood Road. And for scheduled meetings without changes, see the published calendar. Uh, that is on our website. Uh, we're going to now go to an executive session. We're going to adjourn into executive session with the law director, Deepak Desai, discuss the ongoing litigation as permitted by Ohio Revised Code Section 121.22. I'm invited into executive session, our administrator, Mr. Warwick. I'll join my fellow trustees, Mr. James, Mr. Weedman, also Skylar Miller, Tracy Cullums, and Rob Porter. Motion to approve. Well, we need a motion. We need a specific motion to go into executive session to discuss pending litigation. Motion motion to enter into executive session for the purpose of pending litigation. Thank you. Second. Okay. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Yes. Uh, Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Rob Evil, do you have to give us instructions on how to get into the executive session? No, I'm no, going to send you, send there, you there, now. there now. Okay. Can we pause for a second? Five minute break? Sure, that's fine. Yeah. Three minute break, five minute break. Okay.
here. Or, uh, no, he's with Skyler. No, Rob Evil. Catch up. Oh, sorry. All good here, guys. Okay. Okay. Okay, we're now back in our regular workshop session. Uh, Mr. Porter, would you please call the roll? Uh, Mr. LaBarbera. Here. Mr. James. Here. Mr. Weedman. Present. Mr. James. All right. Uh, I move that we authorize our law director in the House of Browse case to prepare a full settlement agreement consistent with the term sheet entered into in the settlement negotiation and subject to final approval of the board. I'll second that. Mr. Porter, uh, any, any discussion? is there any discussion on this? Yeah, there is. Uh, uh, look, I, I clearly understand that the insurance company apparently has the right to make this settlement, whether we decide to vote on it or not. Um, I've listened to the argument from those in support of this agreement that it's going to cost us to take money through the court and we might lose. This was a case that both the attorneys, uh, Butler and uh, Solomon, uh, had suggested that we had uh, that had a uh, clearly stated we had a clear cut case and an excellent case. Um, the thing that concerns me the most is what precedent does this set when we have a business that doesn't follow the zoning resolution? And sues us when they try to when we try to enforce it, only for us to settle the case and pay them to come into compliance. Every time we have another zoning challenge in our business district, if the business owner, including the one that we're getting ready to pay out, doesn't like the rules, all they have to do is violate them and then sue us, and we will pay them to follow the rules. Make no mistake about it. The mathematics of the legal system won today while principle failed miserably. And with the passage of this resolution, and for me, I'm sure, and for many re other residents, this is a complete travesty. And that's all my comments. Let, let me join in. Litigation is expensive and it's unavoidable and there are business decisions made sometimes to settle cases. But here, we're taking yes for an answer in settling. We are getting what the township set out to achieve when it commenced this suit years ago. We are ending the counterclaims against the township, frivolous as they may have been or not, and we are not out a dime of taxpayer money. From this point forward, the insurance company is paying the cost of the settlement. We are not paying any township funds out on this, and we are stopping the hemorrhaging of legal fees from the township in prosecuting our own case. The insurance company has been paying the fees for the defense of the other one as well. So. This is a, a win for the township, even though it's frustrating to pay out any money as part of a zoning enforcement matter. Fortunately, it is being covered by our insurance. The taxpayers are not paying a dime here. Uh, I just add, I might just add uh, that um, uh, we currently have, uh, I believe we have currently have um, uh, legal fees in excess of $20,000 on this case. And I believe uh, Scott Solomon told me that they have uh, attorney's fees at, 20, uh, he believed it was at 22,000. So we, we actually, A, we do have a, uh, we do have money in this case, and B, um, the fact that, I don't know how this may affect our insurance going forward, the fact that we've got another $30,000 claim. I don't know that we, anybody can really say that whether it will go up or not, but it has the potential to go up and that will cost us additional money as well. So I'm just, all I'm doing is, uh, is, 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 uh, talking about my concern 
as it relates to the precedent we set. And I think that sometimes it's worth it to, even though the, the mathematics don't look all that great, it's worth it to stand up for principle because we may be opening a can of worms going down the road where we're going to have this identical situation again and we don't really want it. And so I'm, I'm just expressing my concern there. And I recognize that concern. It's just even if we were to continue prosecuting the case and one in the end, we can't do better than what we're doing right now in terms of our own treasury and we would do worse. So, but I recognize your concern, Tom, certainly. We don't want to set precedent for uh, rolling over or inviting people to challenge our zoning decisions, thinking we're going to somehow you know, have insurance pay their lawyers in the end. I get that. I agree with both of you, but I think that pylon sign, that big <laughs> sign that's in front of the business, uh, was grandfathered in years ago, and uh, now he's going to take that sign down. So uh, we did win. This was a great, great victory for you guys, the way you worked it. And Mr. Desai, Tom James, Ray Ward, and I thank you for that. And Tom, I did talk to the insurance broker about uh, this claim and this 30000 what it would do to our rates uh, when we renew. And based, his quick answer was based on our loss use ratio over time, we're still uh, we're still in fairly good shape, and he didn't think it would be too adverse. Okay. Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. No. It is now 11.50. Do we have a motion to adjourn our work? Motion to adjourn. Second. Thank you very much for staying with us. Can, can, we, have a, can we have a voice vote? <laughs> Mr. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Stay healthy. Bye. Thank you, you everyone. Bye-bye. Okay.